Happy July 2nd. <clears throat> I don't know why I didn't think anybody would be here. Fourth of July holidays, everybody would be out of town. Dean asked me to speak. I go, sure. July 2nd, easy. Tim, a couple of months ago, spoke to us. Charles Vesterman, a couple of weeks ago, spoke to us. I go, yeah. And I said, I prefer a topic. What's our topic? And he goes, why don't you continue with the Ninevites? I go, okay. Outside of Jonah, you know, what else am I going to say? He goes, it's in the book of Nahum. Okay, so those of you with paper Bibles, good luck finding Nahum. You might need the whole rest of the service uh, to get there. If you have a device, you can just go right to Nahum. It's easy. And then I was asked by the church staff on Tuesday, hey, what's your sermon title? Man, I don't know. So uh, this is what we, this is what I came up with. Don't hold me to it if it's not an exact fit. Okay, I had to have a title for the Wednesday midweek email update. That's where we are. Before we get started, first one question. I want to plant in everyone's mind. We're going to come back to it. Why are we here? Personally, why are you here? Think about how you'd answer that if I were to call on you. Why are you here? All right. <clears throat> we're going to start. This sermon has three points. Doesn't every sermon have three points? That's a good sermon. All right. We're, we're halfway there. By the way, Somebody texted me this morning and said, I'm praying for clear brainwaves. They, they must have been a little nervous for me. Are you nervous about where this is going? Yeah, me too. But we'll get there. <clears throat> we'll get there. Hopefully some good practical takeaways, and we'll get to the Ninevites as well. But to start with, point number one, we're going back to Jonah, where it says, I think Dean covered this last week in Jonah 3, verse 10, when God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring destruction that he had threatened. Man, am I okay? I need to move this down. Speaking of the Ninevites, Jonah said, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Come to find out, they're pretty bad lot of people represent the whole nation of Assyria. All through the kings, it seems like the enemy is always Assyria. These are bad guys. And Jonah sent to preach to them. He was reluctant he went, they turned, and God says, all right, I'm holding off the evil. First point, God wants everybody to be saved. God is love. He loves everyone. God wants everyone to be saved. Everyone? Think about some bad folks in this world. Bad groups. 
bad schools. <laughs> Not really. We got bad folks. God wants everyone to be saved. In 2 Peter, he says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Everyone. Last week, um, Dean mentioned sometimes our biggest struggle is having grace for our own people, our church family. We know them well. Uh, we judge, and we get a little bent out of shape. I love the line, let's agree to disagree and move forward. But it is hard. When you know somebody's against you and doesn't like the things you like, that's hard for me. What about in your own family? We know each other very well. We live with each other. Gripes, things that we got to learn to love each other. God loves everybody. Can I learn to love everybody? People like the Ninevites that are the, the really bad guys. You know, someone comes into our fellowship with a big story. Oh, they conquered alcohol or drugs. I mean, we're just like... Come in, yes, wow. But then sometimes loving each other can be a challenge. A third group, if you will, label, sometimes it's hard to love me. Something goes wrong, depending on the way this turns out, preach a bad sermon, okay? Beat yourself up. I and people I know are often our own worst critic. How do I get over my mistakes? God loves everyone. God wants everyone to come to repentance. God wants everyone to be saved. I got to remember, God is for me. I texted that out to a few friends, seven or eight. I said, what verse comes to mind when you say, God is for me. The first three texts back were Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Second most popular, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, even me. <clears throat> One of the songs Monty led... Uh, I first heard at Camp Deer Run when I was working there. I'm right now a little bit frazzled. Can't even remember what song. It was the Echo, guys and girls. Uh, you're holy. You're holy. Thank you. What a great loud voice. I first heard that song when I was working at Camp Deer Run. A guy named Dale Butler led it. That summer of camp, Dale was speaking one time. And he's, his opening line was, who matters most? We all thought about it, and he said, you do. Because God loves you, and he died for you. God loves everyone. God wants us all to be saved. Now let's go back to the Ninevites. If you found Nahum 
and that uh, these verses, chapter 1, 7 through 13. <clears throat> the point, second point, first point, God loves everybody. Second point, turning to God, repenting as the Ninevites did, is only the first step. God wants continual following, continuous improvement, change of heart every day. Let's read. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him, but with an overwhelming flood, He will make an end of Nineveh. He will pursue His foes into the realm of darkness. Whatever they plot against the Lord, He will bring to an end. Trouble will not come a second time. They will be entangled among thorns, drunk from their wine. They will be consumed like dry stubble. From you, Nineveh, has one come forth who plots evil against the Lord and devises wicked plans. This is what the Lord says. Although they have allies and are numerous, they, the Ninevites, will be destroyed and pass away. Although I have afflicted you, Judah, I will afflict you no more. Now I will break their yoke from your neck and tear away your shackles. Change starts with turning, with repentance, but it's ongoing. It's not a one and done. It is ongoing. It's a process. Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ongoing. Daily growth, regular growth. So what do you do? What are your regular rhythms to keep you in tune with God, to keep you growing, to, to keep each of us growing in God? Here, that's a good weekly rhythm. This week, I was with, uh, I got to be with uh, Isaac Heinemann, high school kid and his friends, high school young man, sounds a little better, show a little respect to Isaac. And uh, they gathered together every, this summer, they're meeting weekly, just to hold each other accountable, just to study and grow together, iron sharpening iron. And their goals were to grow as young men in Christ, to prepare to be godly husbands and to prepare to be godly fathers. What a, what a great idea. I hope we all have a group. This is good, but what do you have every other day of the week? Psalm 5 says, Morning by morning, O Lord, I lay my request before you. Reminds me of my mom. Every day of my life that I was in her home, when I got up, she was reading her Bible. Never told me to read mine, but set the example. Eventually, it stuck, and now I try to read my Bible every morning. A daily ritual. 
how are you going to stay in touch with God and grow daily? Weekly rhythms, daily rhythms. Do you have a a go-to scripture? Some of those we've already talked about. Some people have a go-to scripture that just comes on your mind, that you know, that inspires, that encourages. What about a song? Anybody have a song? When you need a daily lift, I got my song. Well, I'm not a singer, but I got a song. Good luck. Here it comes. This song (laughs) came on a ski trip when I was in the AFC. Brian Miller was on the trip. Kevin Lestraps was on the trip. We went to Leadville, Colorado. Ski Cooper probably stayed in the Motel 8, you know, four guys in a room. But we go to church in Leadville, Colorado, and a guy there named Bobby Wood was sort of the, I don't know what his position was, but he was sort of the leader that day at the church. He's a former youth minister at Hillcrest and Abilene. My wife Amy uh, was with him as a kid and went on wilderness trek with him. I think he might have started wilderness trek. But then he was in Leadville helping ski groups come through, and the song he sang was this. I sing it to myself a lot. Alone only. I don't think Amy's ever heard me sing it. T- <laughs> when, I was in, when I was in Lubbock, working at Texas Tech, I, could, I didn't... I was too tight to buy a parking spot. It was like 100 bucks a month. I bought a, a, a space in a lot, like three or four lots away. Well, the wind blows in Lubbock. And it's those early cold mornings. I mean, it's like frozen tundra across parking lots, and I'm singing this song. And in the summer, the hot wind, sand blasting. That's why I have a red countenance, because I lived in Lubbock. But I sang this song. I think you might know it if you do. Please join me. Don't leave me hanging. Make me new, Lord Jesus, make me new. For it seems that in so many ways I'm not enough like you. Take this weary vessel I am in and make me whole again. Take my life, take my spirit, make me new. Thank you. Every day, we need something that inspires us. Every day, we need something like uh, Dale mentioned. I need something every day to remember Jesus prayed for me. I need something every day to remind me the song we just sang, God chases me, his reckless love. He leaves the 99. I'm the one lost sheep. He loves me. God is for you. As believers, we got his spirit in us. How do I call on God's spirit every day for inspiration? One of the best is in Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 18. 
I'll start in verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. And I forget about it. And I live like it's just me. Find reminders daily that God loves you. That we're all in this together. That it's not a one-time repentance, it's a daily. That we're growing. First point, God loves everybody. Second point, I'm on a growth path. It's not just a one time, it's daily. Third point, we're going to introduce with a movie clip from Top Gun Maverick. How's that going to fit? Okay, before you get too excited, first of all, if you hadn't seen this movie, Will. And it makes more sense if you've seen the first one. If you hadn't seen the original Top Gun, Candace, come on, people. <laughs> All right, this may be the calmest scene in the whole movie. So we're not going to watch fighter pilot, fighter jets, okay? This is the dialogue between Maverick and Ice. If you've not seen the movie, just to set the stage a little bit, Maverick is called back to lead these guys and to train a group for a secret mission or something. Ice, his former nemesis in the first one, is now the admiral and calls him back and he said, I need you to do this. And Maverick says, I can't do it. This is not who I am. I'm a fighter pilot, a naval aviator. It's not what I am, it's who I am. How do I teach that? Even if I could teach it, it's not what Rooster wants. It's not what the Navy wants. That's why they canned me the last time. The only reason I'm here is you. If I send him on this mission, he might never come home. 
don't send him, he'll never forgive me. Either way, I could lose him forever. Two ways that this applies, and then we could take a lesson from it. Maverick says, I'm a fighter pilot. I'm not a teacher. Just like Nahum said to Judah, although I've afflicted you, Judah, I will afflict you no more. I will break their yoke from your neck and tear away your shackles. So Judah had to change and grow out of captivity. Maverick had to change and grow. Whoever we are, when God calls us, I think we've got to change and grow into God's man, into God's woman. We are God's ambassadors. Second thing he's referring to, he talks about Rooster, the, his best friend in the first movie, Goose, was killed in an accident. And this is his son, Rooster. And Maverick cut him so he couldn't go to flight school or something like that, okay? He banned him, gave him the, didn't recommend him. And so now, Rooster's been chosen to be in this elite group, and Maverick has to get past that because they're not talking, and they're at odds. It's time to let go, was the line. So I says to him, you got to get over that. It's time to let go of the past and move forward. <sighs> Ask yourself, what do I need to let go of? For God to use me completely. What's my baggage? One of the songs we sang had the word addictions in it. We got lots of addictions. Can I get past that? We got lots of support groups in this church to help. One day at a time. Money. After the almighty dollar, that's the world we live in. My work, my job, that's top priority. What's in the way? Pride, ego, self-made man, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. There's no such thing. I'm God's. I need his help. Family, can family be an idol and get in the way of having God as a hot top priority? Kids, grandkids, our grandkids can do no wrong. But are they more important than God in my life? Friends, pleasing people, Dean has confessed he's a reformed People pleaser. I can, I can walk that walk as well. I want people to like me. I want to be approved. Can I get out of the way and let God reign supreme? Phone. We got the Bible app on our phone. That's a great thing. But there's a lot of other things on our phone that keep us addicted. 
what's more important, social media, likes, followers. It's a challenge. What about playing it safe? Fear. There's a lot of things that keep us from loving God first. Whatever it is, it's time to let go. All right, let's return to that first question. Why are you here? Could look at that three ways. There may be more, but why are you here today? It's habit. Not bad. It's a good habit. Tradition. I've always come. I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning. Peer pressure. My parents made me. Not bad things. Think back one week when uh, Curtis Ross led our communion. Curtis, where are you in here? Maybe, maybe he's with kids. Curtis got up here doing communion. Big guy, big hair. He was big personality. He read the scripture with more enthusiasm than any scripture I've ever heard read. I don't know who recruits... Dale, you did a great job. But I don't know who recruits our people for our rotation, but I've never seen Curtis do it. And he needs to be in the rotation. One of the things he said was, I've been here since I came as a student. I've been at this church ever since then. I love this church. This is my church family. I love that. Me too. That ought to bring us here. Second, why are you here in this community? Why are you in Bryan College Station? Don't have any choice. My parents live here. I cannot wait to graduate and get out of here. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I came back. It's like a bad penny. Just here for college, and I'm pointing over here. I don't know if you're college students, but you look like it, and that's where the college students usually sit. So here for a season. Jobs brought us here. Other things brought us here. So what do we look like while we're here? Third question. Why are we here on this earth? As believers, as Jesus people, as God followers, as spirit indwelling beings, we're called to a, a higher purpose. Great, greatest commandment, great commission, we're here to love God. We're here to love others. We're here to make disciples. Love Dean's emphasis on unity as well as we're not only here to help people find hope and live with purpose, but we're here as disciples making disciples. Great regular reminders. Back to the first, uh, the, the, the first verse in our reading said this. The Lord is good, a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in Him. So the question is, you got one more slide, Joel. So the question is, do we trust God? God's asking us, do you trust me? 
Let's pray. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for your reminder that you want everyone to be saved, even me. Help us remember it's not just a one-time decision, but it is ongoing. We're growing in the Lord. It's a process. And God, thanks also for the reminder that we got some things at times in our lives we need to let go of. May we let go of the bad so that we can have more of you. Fill us, Lord. Lead us by your Spirit. We want to be more like your Son, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.